Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. I'm Mark Anthony, and this is Demolition News Radio, episode 104. In this episode, is there anybody out there? This podcast is sponsored by WillowHire.com, the UK's leader in dust suppression equipment. Kick the dust into touch with our new, bigger and better all-in-one dust suppression units for hire. Call Willow on 01582 840045. On the 24th of this month, the National Council of the National Federation of Demolition Contractors will gather for their regular meeting. But whatever was on the agenda has likely been pushed to the back of the queue following the enforced resignation of former President Paul Brown on the 4th of April. According to a statement on the Federation's website, that meeting will instead be used to discuss an interim replacement for Paul Brown, who will likely remain in post until the next annual general meeting next year. Of course, if the usual rules of succession are followed, then Martin O'Donnell will emerge wearing the chains of office. He will have been fully aware of the moves to oust Paul Brown. Indeed, the news of Brown's resignation on the NFDC website bears his electronic signature. But to rise to the office of president a full year early may still have blindsided O'Donnell. Having worked with several NFDC presidents in the past, I know the pains they went through to set in place a management structure within their individual businesses to allow them to focus on federation business and, when the need arose, to be absent from their place of work for several days at a time. O'Donnell's preparation for such an eventuality has been curtailed by a full 11 months. And while succession dictates that he will now step up, there remains a possibility that he's just not ready. The fact that his own statement mentions an interim replacement might be an indicator that that is the case. And if O'Donnell is not yet ready, who else could step into the breach? Demolition News Radio, the independent voice of the global demolition industry. When a football club finds itself on a losing streak, the default reaction these days is to fire the manager. But while the sacking of a high-profile manager will grab the headlines, such a dismissal generally runs far deeper than that. Coaching and support staff are generally dismissed at the same time, partly because they share a portion of the blame for the club's parlous state, and also because any incoming manager will likely bring his own backroom team with him. Anyone taking up the reins at the head of the NFDC will have no such luxury. They will inherit the same team that has presided over a loss-making convention. The same team that failed to abide by company's house rules, which allegedly has left the Federation exposed to possible investigation and prosecution. The same team that has built up a massive cash reserve of members' money for no apparent reason. The same team that forced Paul Brown to resign from a position he'd worked towards his entire adult life. Who is qualified to tackle such a job? Who could actually do the job? And more importantly, who is crazy enough to set aside their own business interests to take up the poison chalice of the NFDC presidency? The last time I looked, the rules of the Federation dictate an incoming president must have held the post of vice president. Obviously, Martin O'Donnell qualifies, as this is a position he holds at this point in time. Then, of course, there's an assortment of past presidents and honorary life vice presidents, that have sported the chains of office with varying degrees of success and popularity in the past. Would any of them be willing to put themselves through the ringer for a second time? Perhaps the bigger question is not who would or who could do the job. Maybe the most pertinent question is who should do the job. Demolition News Radio is the podcast of DemolitionNews.com and the Demolition Magazine. 
When I'm not stabbing at a keyboard, aiming a video camera, or mumbling into a microphone at Demolition News, I still do a bit of public and media relations work. Back in the day, this used to consist of writing press releases, brochure copy, scripts and speeches, and their text for company websites. But that's evolved to allow my inherent cynicism to earn its keep by offering an independent third-party view of how a company, product or event might be perceived by the public in general and by the press and media in particular. I'm often asked by companies to consult and advise on how to get across a certain message. In some instances, that might be a sales message. In others, it might be helping a company or an individual respond to an accident, a tragedy or a crisis. The NFTC is not a client of mine. It hasn't been for about six years. It's not my place to advise them on how they should proceed next. To be honest, if it was my place, I'm not entirely sure how I'd even begin to explain away some of the recent PR disasters to have befallen the Federation. But there is one thing I would advise, if they're listening, and they can have this one for free, for old time's sake. When you appoint an interim or caretaker president, choose one from somewhere, anywhere, but London. The issues that led to Paul Brown's enforced resignation were not all about Brown himself. They stemmed, at least in part, from a widely held belief that the Federation is run by a clique of individuals from in and around the nation's capital. That's one of the reasons that the Midlands and Welsh region has been so vocal in its criticism of the Federation of late. It's also one of the reasons that Scottish members were so quick to embrace a rival organisation. The appointment of an interim president drawn from the London and Southern region would be perceived by those in the Midlands and the North West as a further smack in the face. It could be perceived by those in Scotland as the final trigger to go all in with the new rival trade association. Be sure to check out Demolition TV on YouTube, the only YouTube show dedicated to demolition. Make no mistake, the NFDC is currently in disarray. It's just emerged from an almost unprecedented extraordinary general meeting. It's seen its executive committee forced to admit past mistakes during an AGM from which hardly anyone emerged with any credit. It's just seen its president resign in the most unpleasant of circumstances. It's seen many of its Scottish members align themselves with a rival trade association. It's likely provoked further disharmony with the Midlands and Welsh region by disregarding its stated wish to keep Paul Brown in post. What it needs now, possibly more than at any time in its history, is a calming influence, a seasoned hand to pour oil on troubled waters, someone that will question the status quo, someone that will reunify the regions, that will listen to their members and reshape the Federation in their image and in accordance with their wishes. Who will be that person? I've heard countless rumours and I have a few inklings of my own. But as the saying goes, cometh the hour, cometh the man or woman. All I can say is that whoever takes up the mantle in the Federation's hour of need, they have my deepest admiration and my deepest sympathy. Thanks for listening. Demolition News Radio, dedicated to demolition.